How many of you remember the once upon a time stories? Oh, come on. Nobody? You're paralyzed. I mean, uh, I remember them. Sometimes they were true. Sometimes they were fiction. They were nonfiction. They were fiction. They would entertain. They would educate. They sometimes they would inspire. <sighs> For those who are the uninformed and the abused of life, let me explain it to you. The once upon a time stories generally begin with once upon a time, and those once upon a time stories. Um, Generally went this way. The good guy went one. Now, I know I'll get beat up today in the 21st century, but the good guy got the girl. And let me just say this to the ladies. The, the la- he won the lady, and she was his prize, and she became prized. Oh, there's one more thing about the once upon a time stories. They all lived happily ever after. Y'all remember that? Uh, Okay, is everybody awake this morning or you already asleep? The truth is, is that today we have three groups of people in in this congregation. We have our students. And I put our students to the person against any students at anywhere at any time. We just have a great great group of students. We also now, as we look today, we have graduates. People who are walking through that door of graduate. And then we have the rest of us. Now, I'm not sure about the rest of us, the, the young people, the students I know about, the graduates I know some about, but I, we'll just have to figure out the rest of us. So this morning, I want to begin by telling you a once upon a time story, a couple of them. You'll recognize the story when I start, but you never heard it told this way before. <clears throat> once upon a time, Jehovah God in heaven, Elohim, Created the world and all there is. He created so many things that that we can't even name them. Now, the truth is we can name some of them, but our minds are finite. His mind is infinite. He created the light. He created the sun, moon, and stars. By the way, he created the light before he created the sun, so there's light apart from the sun. And he separated the the uh, light and the darkness, and he called it the first day. You see, in uh, once upon a time, God created time. And then God created, once upon a time, God created man. Now, that was pretty unique because he created a lot of things, but when he created mankind, literally when he created the male, Adam, he blew into him the breath of life, and the Bible says man became a living soul, different from all the other creation. We can, mankind can reason, understand, comprehend, think. And now we know the, we know the difference between right and wrong because once upon a time, God put man in a garden, a perfect world. Y'all have heard me say this before. A perfect world with one rule. I could dig some of that. One rule. I don't have to remember some other thing. One rule. And God would come down from heaven in the cool of the day, and he would spend time with his crown creation. He would fellowship with them. He would walk with them. He would talk with them. 
Boy, wouldn't you like to be back there? But once upon a time, man thought he was better than God. God gave him one rule. Don't eat that tree. Don't eat that piece of fruit. Everybody thinks it's an apple. I think it was persimmon. The green persimmon, too. Whatever the fruit was is unimportant. Man fell into sin. And mankind lives in sin today. We are sinful people today. There's one more once upon a time I want to tell you about. But I would really like to hold that to the very end of our time together today. If you will, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. We're going to read the words of arguably the wisest man to ever live, Solomon. We're going to learn some lessons from Solomon. Honestly, uh, we know Solomon is the wisest man to ever live. I was intrigued that Pastor Ed Young, who's originally from Laurel, Mississippi, now pastors one of the largest Southern Baptist churches in the country, Second Baptist in Houston, Texas. He calls Solomon Solo Man, Solo Man. Because after God gave him all this wisdom and he lavished on them all his riches, is that Solomon walked away from God. Walked in his own immorality. Do you want to know how that worked out for him? We're not going to read it today, but you, when you get home, read the first two chapters of, of Ecclesiastes because the first two chapters of Ecclesiastes are literally the testimony, the sad testimony of a rich king who found everything this life had to offer. And he found it to come up. Futile, vain, and empty. Chapter 3, we find some of his common sense words that help us. If you will, if you can, let's stand together. If you can, it's okay. Let's stand together to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, pick it up in verse 1. There is an occasion or time for everything. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. Now, I'm just going to pause there and tell you I've never found that time quite yet where we should pause from embracing. I kind of like the hugging, okay? So there's a time for everything. Let's pick it up and move on. A time to search, a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. 
He has also put eternity in their hearts. But no one can discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, for your word we say thank you. For this day we say thank you. Speak to our hearts. Open our eyes and our ears and our minds and our souls and our hearts that we can hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You see on the screen behind me, once upon a time. I want to change that with the magic of technology from once upon a time to there is a time. That is exactly what Solomon is saying to us. There is a time. There's a time for everything under the sun. If we hear from God, if we heed God's word, it will point us in the right direction. What would you do if you had a bank account that changed every day? I mean, every day you were credited with $86,400 for the day. Now, here's the way it works. You get $86,400 a day but it doesn't carry over. At midnight, it's zeroed out, and you're given another $86,400. You think you would kind of pay attention to, to what you were doing? You think you would kind of try to do the best that you can do? Well, let me say this to you. Every one of you has an account like that. Every one of us has an account like that. It's called time. Every day, your account is credited with 86,400 seconds. That is 1,440 minutes in 24 hours every day. Every night as you lay down to rest, any time that you didn't spend doing something good and godly, You've lost it. It's gone. Every day the bank opens, gives you a new account. Gives you something that you can do. How, would you, how are you using the deposits in your bank account? You see, time is the currency of life. And only you determine how you spend your time. Some of you would go, well, Brother Jerry, you know, uh, I, I thought God did that. Well, certainly God can override it. He is Jehovah. He can do what he wants to. But generally, he doesn't. Generally, he depends on you to make good and decisions. So I want you to think today about your time. I want you to think about how, how you spend it. There was a Canadian named Richard Needham. 
He conducted years of research about how we spend our time. And he showed that he shows us that the average American in their lifetime spends their time in a particular way. Would you like to know that? Like to know if you wouldn't, just close your ears because I'm going to tell you anyway, okay? You spend three years in business meetings. You spend 13 years of your life watching TV. Obviously, Richard didn't have teenagers. No offense. Spend six months a year at stoplights. Spend, spend eight months in your life opening junk mail. Obviously, this was written before email. Could I get an amen? One year looking for misplaced objects. Two years returning phone calls. Four years doing housework. Five years waiting in line. Six years eating. 24 years sleeping. Makes 1,811 trips to McDonald's. Obviously, Richard had only one child, okay? Women are hospitalized 12 times. Men are hospitalized 8 times. In fact, he went on just kind of a humorous way. He said the seven stages of man's life are spills, drills, thrills, bills, ills, pills, and wills. Time is important, folks, and we rarely think about it every second Every hour, every minute, every year is a gift from God to to our graduates today. People tried to tell me this 51 years ago when I sat where the graduates, high school graduates sit today. But I was so full of myself. And I was so sure of myself that I didn't listen. In the true Watts tradition. Now, before everybody goes out of here and tells Coach Watts what I said, other people that you know by the name of Watts, let me tell you what, I could use a lot of family names right here. But in true Watts traditions, I felt like I had all the answers and I figured it all out. You know what I learned about that figuring something out? They changed the math on you. When you feel like you got all the answers, they changed the questions on you. And so the truth is, is that you and I both need help. If we attempt to build our lives on what we have figured out and the answers that we have, you know what we're going to find ourselves? We're going to find ourselves living in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 2 with the sad testimony of somebody that may be not so rich. Have you ever really read that? Let me just show you a couple of things there. This rich guy said, For with much wisdom is much sorrow. As knowledge increases, grief increases. And this is what he said. He said, go ahead, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy what is good. But it turned out to be futile. I increased my achievements. I built houses, planted vineyards, made gardens and parks for myself, planted every kind of fruit tree, constructed reservoirs. I acquired servants. I owned livestock. I amassed silver and gold. 
I gathered my singers. I had many concubines. I became great and unsurpassed all who were in Jerusalem. All that I did, my eyes desire, I did not deny. I did not refuse myself any pleasure. And I found everything to be futile. A pursuit of the wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. If I read on, he talks about chasing the wind and reaping the whirlwind. You see, the truth is, is that I want us to learn. I'm just going to give you three things today that I want us to learn from this guy. We're going to try to lift him right out of here. If you have your bulletin, your pencil, you can, it's very, this is very simple. First, if you look, if you look down in uh, uh, verse 10, he begins with, I have seen. I have seen. Today I want you to see some things. I think it's going to be important for us to see some things. First of all, let's see the past. Let's see the past. As I read Solomon's word, he would say, I want you to see it. I want you to reflect on it. I want you to remember it. I want you to learn from the past. But goodness sakes, do not live in the past. When we choose to live in the past, we, we cut off one of our legs. The wisest man who has ever lived spent two chapters rehearsing and remembering his past. And once his memory cleared up, he remembered that God gave the children of Azul, Adam task to do. You look down in verse 10. Verse 10, I've seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. To Adam, to Noah, to Jacob, to us, God says and would say, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Have dominion over the earth. For many, the past has you in school, has you in your home, has you maybe in church. It's, these are the important springboards of life that God has planned for you. What you have learned in the past, the good, the bad, the indifferent, the wonderful They serve as the material that God will use to form a great future. In fact, you just write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 tells you that whatever's happened to you, bad or good, God will use it as the stuff to make you a good future. If you'll let him. Don't be hard-headed. Don't be knuckle-headed. Listen to him. When Solomon, solo man... Look back, he saw the lessons that he had learned. He saw some things he particularly didn't like. And he saw how man's way is not right. Repeatedly, Solomon wrote in the Proverbs, there is a way. Now, are you listening? There is a way that seems right to man. But the end is destruction. He's omniscient, we're not. 
See the past and see it for what it is, the learning experience. Second thing, see the present. See today. See that there is. If you go back, if you look in verses 2 through verse 8, most of us remember, many of us remember when we were when we were preaching through Revelation, and we'll get back to that in a month or so, is that the number, we talked about numerology, and the number 7 is the perfect number. Here's 2 through 8 is 7 verses. It's 14 statements, divisible by seven. Those are important, and those are the call today. Solomon has moved now from the past. He's moved to the present, and all, and all seven, 14 of those statements, if you will, are in the there is. There is a time. There is a place. When I see how he, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put these together... I'm intrigued. He didn't put them in a form where they were all negative first or all positive first or all positive first or all negative first. He started off with the positive. There's a time to be born, time to die. And then he moved to the negative first. And I think what he's trying to tell us is that that God has made everything, the good, the bad, the appropriate, the handsome, the splendid, the beautiful, made it ready in his time. And his time is today. The Bible says there, today is the day of salvation. When you understand that, you understand Romans eight twenty eight. Are you listening? Please do not misquote this or underquote this. He says, and we know, Paul writes, and we know... That all things work together for good. Most people want to stop right there. And you can't stop right there. It's wrong. It's untrue to stop right there. And we know that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those who love God and are called according to His purpose, it's all good. He talks about living the good life. You want the good life? Find God's life for you. When I, when I read this and as I was preparing this, I thought about the truth is, is that this is a lot about the seasons of life. Here in this worship center, we have several seasons going on. I would say the first season would be our students and below, just kind of getting started in life. Some of them looking forward to graduation in the next couple of years. The second season is probably our graduates. Third season is probably our young adults. Maybe they maybe they are in college. Maybe they're out of college. Maybe they've gotten married and started their vocational and their family life. There are probably several more seasons that I'll leave alone, but one day you'll get to my season. I don't want to say that I'm on hole number 18, but I'm definitely on the back nine, okay? And the truth, and the truth is, when you look at the present, where you are now, what we have to come to understand is God is in control. And he will be your greatest friend if you let him. If you let him. 
That's the present day. That's where you are. If you've never trusted Jesus, there is a time to do that, and the time is now. If you have never given your life completely to Jesus, oh, I just wanted him for my Savior. I'll catch up on the Lord later. Now's the time. There is a time, and the time is today. Then I want to, I want to conclude with I want you to see the promise. And I probably should say promises. Because he gives us a promise. Verse 12, I've already mentioned this to you. He ends with enjoy the good life. People want the good life. They want to enjoy the good life. They're looking for it. They're spending money. They're going places. They're, they're doing everything that it can do to have the good life. They're seeking it. Problem is, Beth caught me doing some homework the other day. Problem is, you, too many people are like Johnny Lee. Do you remember that song in the 80s? Looking for love in all the wrong places. We are looking for life in all the wrong places. We're thinking the things of this world is going to give us life. But it's not. Actually, this world is a world of death. And the, and the life that Jesus wants to give us is spoken of in verse 13, that it's the gift of God. Everything you do, you're going to leave here and you're going to go eat. That's a gift of God. You're going to enjoy your family. It is a gift of God. And it's a good gift of God. Here's the promise that you need to get your head, we need to get our heads around. Come to Jesus. And through connection with Jesus, we'll be connected with God the Father. Then we'll be filled with the Spirit. And then we can enjoy the good life that God designed us to have. You know what the real difficulty for too many of us is? We're trying to find out all there is here. I want to say this to you graduates. You will never be so disappointed if when you get into your 60s and 70s, if you've tried to center your life on the things of this world, if you've tried to make everything about this world, you'll miss the promises of God. Years ago, a young preacher named Francis Chan spoke about how we fuss and feud and fight over today. And he gave us one of the best illustrations I've ever heard. I'm going to let Tate go ahead and darken the lights. Todd, if you're ready on the sound. I want you to see, this is about a minute and a half. I want you to see an illustration and see if you can see yourself as you listen to what Francis has to say. Imagine this rope, okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever, okay? Just imagination. Pretend it goes around the world a few times, it doesn't, it ends at the rock. But uh, let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on earth. You've got a few short years here on earth. 
and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. And you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh man, am I going to get to travel? Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about this? Where are you making your investment? Once upon a time, God looked down on his crown creation. The people that he used to walk and talk with and fellowship with. The people who had fallen away from him. He looked down and he knew something had to happen. So he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus not so people could walk an aisle and walk through waters of baptism so they could join a church. He sent Jesus so that his crown creation, you and me, could be made right before the Father and make preparation for our eternity. There's a time to make preparation, and that time's today. Are you ready? Let's pray together.